0: Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Clackman and Share Women for Independence podcast. Now we've been taking a little bit of a break to catch our breath after doing 55 podcasts in a row, but we thought we could definitely do a Christmas special. This is going to be a Christmas like no other. However, we've had nine months to get used to this COVID madness, and we've learned to do some stuff. Let's celebrate what we can do. Let's find new ways of staying connected and supporting each other. And on behalf of Clax Women for Independence, I'd like to start by wishing all our listeners a very Merry Christmas. And that Christmas fanfare was Ross Bugden, copyright free music from YouTube. So what have we been up to since we last spoke? Well, since our last show, we've done another two litter picks. So that was one in November, one in December. The November one we did a stretch of road which was between Tullybody and it's called the Old Alloa Road but rather than record the whole audio from our litter pick as we've done before we thought it was getting a bit samey. Oh look here's another can. Oh look a bottle. So what we did instead was made a couple of short and very short videos about the litter pick just showing where we were and what we were up to and those have been really successful. You can see them on our Klax Wifey Twitter account. You can see them on our Facebook page. You can also see them on the Klax Wifey podcast playlist on the Indie Live Radio YouTube channel. Obviously, it's nicer if you can see the pictures as well. But given that this is a podcast, here's the audio to give you a flavour. Hello. This is Klax Wifey litter picking Saturday, and this is a lovely autumny path with what's that? The Wallace Monument in the background, so you might be able to tell that we are outside Tullybody. We were going to do Menstrie this morning, but Menstrie Park is too clean; it didn't need us. So instead, we're going to try and make this beautiful little walking bit of Clackmannanshire even more beautiful. And you can see that the have provided a bin for the use of walkers to enjoy and what's that a broken doll's pram next to it and crap in all the verges a little bit of pride people look here's Lynn in the bushes deep in briars and brambles there's the the roundabout at Tullybuddy so on Alowa Road so you can see where we are there's the bin again we're out and about, we're in the fresh air, we're socially distanced, we're enjoying the day and I'd better get back and do a bit more pitter picking. Catch you later. And we did the same thing for our December trip. This time we went back to Gartmoren Dam, where we'd been a two months before that and we were delighted to see that the bit that we'd picked last time was pretty clean we were hoping that that was one of the effects of cleaning somewhere else up is that it, you're less likely to drop something if there's no other litter there so that does seem to be the case but this time we went down some lanes that we hadn't been down so here's the audio from that video and again if you want to see it it's in all those places that i've just said Good morning, this is Fiona and Lynn from Clax Women for Indie doing a quick live stream because we are up at Gartmore Dam again. We had intended to do the brothy burn, but with so much rain overnight, it's a bit of a quagmire. So we're instead, we're on the uh, the path that leads to, was it Jelly Burn? Jelly Jelly Home Farm. This is just the most fabulous spot because we've got the hills. With a little bit of snow on them, and then all the way around is just fabulous panorama. That's the whole fourth valley, I guess, laid out there. Flooding in the fields. But because the undergrowth has all died back, it's great for spotting bits of litter. And we've done the whole path, the proof bags full of stuff. I've got Anne watching. Hi Anne! So she Hiya feels she feels a bit guilty, and I was saying, oh, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now look, here's Lynn's bag. That is. Oh, God. And it's a bit whiffy. I can start from here. There's mine. So.
1: That's just me. <laughs> <mouth. laughs>
0: I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> now, look, isn't that a lovely view of the sky with the, um, the rushes behind it? Finished our sweep. And look, we're just having a little reward a nice big hot chocolate with cream and marshmallows. <laughs> Oh, you've got, this Is given you sunglasses. How did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) The thing we've learnt by doing these litter picks, it's great fun to do. We really enjoy it. It's very satisfying to feel you've made a difference. It's also something that with the COVID restrictions, it's easy to comply with them. You're out in the fresh air. You can work in pairs, so you're not falling foul of the two households limit. But we've found that actually you get quite a lot of bang for your buck. Rather than hammering home an independence message, we're finding that people are more receptive to you doing something that's of interest to them. You know, in this case, the litter pick helping to keep the environment clean and and attractive. It's amazing how many people will stop and chat. They often ask if we're volunteers, which is always funny. I don't know if they think we're maybe on community service or something, but they stop and chat and naturally in the conversation, it'll come up that we're Women for Independence. We're wearing uh, Yes Clax high-vis vests. So if they want to discuss anything like that, they can do. And quite often they are very positive and clearly supporters. But equally, we had quite an interesting chat last time with somebody who came up to say thank you because she's involved in in the management of, of national parks. And she came up to say thanks for volunteering. And in the conversation, we'd explained to her we were women for independence and she looked a bit puzzled. And we said one of the important things for an independent country is not to wait to be asked to do something. If you see something that you can improve, just do it. That's one of the empowering things about an independent country, particularly a a small, agile, independent country. We've found that Clarks council are very supportive. They provide the equipment, they take away the rubbish. We've also started to build more of a relationship with them and that was helpful when we came on to doing the St Andrew's Day Stones display, which we'll tell you about in a minute. Also, we have found that we've made links with other groups and other people who are doing similar environmental kind of issues. We've managed to get a couple of articles in the local paper, the Aloa Advertiser, and we're getting to know the journalists there. We've done a live stream to our Facebook group and to the Indie Live Radio Facebook group. We've then turned those into short films, which we've shared on Twitter and Facebook. And just two, two minutes long, have had over 10,000 views. So that's probably reaching a lot more people than listen to this podcast, to be honest. (laughs) But it is worth thinking about if you're in yes groups or Women for Indie. It really is worth trying to work out what, what is the best use of our time? And an enjoyable activity that also involves speaking to passers-by, doing some filming, doing some live streaming, doing some Twitter, getting some photos to go on some Facebook pages and a couple of letters in the paper, not to mention material for a podcast. I think we're starting to learn a bit more about how this all works, but anybody who's out there, seasoned campaigners who have tips and tricks and wisdom to pass on to us, we'd love to hear from you. I mentioned the St Andrew's Day Stones campaign there. Let's hear a little bit more about the background to that from Lynn when she appeared on Indie Live Radio's daytime show with Val and Marlene.
2: Indie Live Radio.
3: So first of all, Yes Stones has absolutely grown and grown. I believe you've got almost 8,000 members on your Facebook page. Is that correct? Lynn, tell us about the project, but in particular, tell us about your plans for St Andrew's Day on Monday. As you
1: say, yeah, we're nearly up to 8,000 members now on the page. Um, been going for just over two years, so that's really, really really good, it's really encouraging even now that we're still getting people joining us. So what we do is we paint stones or slates or almost any inanimate object actually when you speak to people (laughs) um, to send out a positive message about Scotland you'll know yourself, we've been to to all the marches and and rallies and stuff but we can't do that at the moment but there's still been stones being being placed out to give people that wee kind of ray of hope um, about independence now last year one of the members Ian McGlade had suggested that we did a St Andrew's Day sort of display all around the country because the stoners as we refer to ourselves are from all over Scotland and far fung places as well Um, you know you find there's lots of um, ex, well not ex-Scots, they're still Scots but they're, they're living abroad now um, who are on the page as well uh, so last year it was like everyone was to try and paint 100 stones and this year somebody worked out that with our member numbers if everyone did 130 stones that could be a million stones going out, so the challenge has been set to, to paint 130 stones and go and place them out and about in your community so that other people can find them and they they start off wee conversations, you know. If a child picks them up because it's a pretty stone, they can start a conversation with people um, about, you know, oh, what what does independence mean? Why are people wanting that? Um, and it's just a, it's a nice way, non confrontational way, to start that conversation with someone. Um, so this year we've that you know I'm I'm obviously painting my stones and slates, but we actually contacted our local council and said, can we lay them out? We've got a walkway that leads, like in the centre of the town, down towards Alloa Alowa Tower, um, called Parliament Walk. And we thought, actually, thinking about all the stuff that's going on, about the restrictions, about the social distancing, it's a really, it's a pedestrian walkway. Um, it's not beside, the, there's not a, a road either side of it. So it's a really wide walkway. And what we thought we could do is we could just place the stones down either side of it, So you can go out there, you can be socially distanced, laying them out. And it's a route that people use, you know, from houses in towards the town because it's right beside their big Tesco's. Um so we contacted the council just to make sure it was okay. They came back and said, Yeah, that's fine. We'll go out before and actually check the that it's cleaning, you know, maybe, maybe leaves or a wee bit of litter or whatever. So they've said they'll give it a wee clean up before we go out. And on the day, we're planning on going along about 10 o'clock in the morning to place our stones and slates out. Um, and Fiona McGregor, who you'll, you'll know, um, <laughs> yeah. has got an article in the paper telling people about it and asking if there's other people out there that want to join in and Paints and Andrew's stones and bring them along to add them to the, the display then to do so. Fantastic. So So you'll take photographs
3: and post them, obviously. Oh,
1: there'll be the photographs, videos,
3: you know. <laughs> um, Fiona has put a wee note in the public chat room to say wave hello to my fellow yes stoners. <laughs> we'll wave back to her. <laughs> So um, yeah, that sounds really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing photographs of that. I'm sorry I couldn't see it in real life. So um, I'm both myself and Marlene have got um, some stones. A big box of stones from one of your members, Rosalind Folds, who's done loads. All right, yeah. Marlene's holding one of her stones up there just now. Independence is normal. Is it men? But women that are in the group. Have we got? men that's doing
1: it as well? Yeah, there, there's, there's there's loads of guys on the group too yeah. um, so and, and a complete range of people uh, mm-hmm. as well age range of people, you know mm-hmm. um, as as is true across the whole independence movement, you, yeah. you see Great. you know, it's not just the young people driving it, there's every every age range out there and it, an interesting story when we were in Glasgow last year at one of the, it wasn't a, a a march it was a rally in George Square and we'd set up the stones and everyone's saying where have you set them up and I'm saying beside one of the statues the statue (laughs) actually is Gladstone's statue (laughs) (laughs) but we were standing my husband's cousin had come along to a march and I'd shown her some of my stones and she's I know she's very artistic we used to get handmade Christmas cards painted by her And she started doing them and her work is just amazing. So this is Rachel McKenzie. If you ever see her stuff, her Celtic knots and things.
0: Oh, yeah, Um, yeah.
1: So she'd done some stones with Celtic knots and she does a nice kind of purple background and she finishes them with a matte varnish. Well, she was standing there by the cairn would put it up and this guy starts talking to her about the Celtic knots. And he said, oh, they're quite difficult to do. How did you do that? She said, "Oh no, really." She said, "I watched this video on YouTube, and there's this guy who explains a bit about the history of the Celtic knot, and he's explained how to paint it." But she's saying, "So I watched this guy's YouTube videos, and and that's how I've learned how to do it." And he's made it so simple. And he said, "Pleased to meet you." <laughs> oh wow! I am, fantastic.
3: and
1: it was a YouTube video that she was watching. I that's so <laughs> <my favorite. laughs> <laughs> I think, as well, like Joanne says, some of us have known one another from other sort of independence um activities, but we've made lots of new friends through oh. being being stoners <laughs> um, <laughs> you meet people at, at rallies and things like that um, <laughs> and as Joanne says, it like I've found one one yes stone in a plant pot the big plant pots outside the new train station in Dundee. and I was so excited at finding it Um, I mean I left it, I took pictures of it and I left it because Mm -hmm. I've got hunters of my own but I was so pleased that I
4: found
1: one
3: Jonah McGregor our uh, team member uh, and a big part of your um, yes stones as well and yes slates, um, Lynn has posted a link in our public chat room to her article in the Aloha Advertiser about your plans to line the Alaw oh. a walkway and it's got a beautiful photograph of some stones and she says that the one in the middle she thinks might be Rachel Mackenzie's Stone, so
1: oh yeah, as Cathy says, we do we end up with you know every stoner, yeah, you put lots of stones out, but you've also got your own little favorites that you keep. I've got a caterpillar Joanne did <laughs> <laughs> um, and and with regards to the kind of our people are so they're generous with their ideas. So I had posted a picture of a tree with the moon for St Andrew's Day, but actually this, this was um, Lisa Hill, who's up in Sky, who was the original artist with it. And I just copied that, but I also put the wee kind of stick men carrying the salt tires as though they're on a march at the bottom. Now that was Richard Prow, who's another stoner, who had started doing that. So we, we kind of borrow yeah. ideas or copy yeah. ideas, and there's no kind of... Um, well, that was mine. You can't do that, you know. And people will always ask, "Do you mind if I try that?" Go ahead. <laughs> because the more we get out, um, the better. And as Kathy says, I think uh, people see them and they collect them. And even if they're not for independence, they're loath to dispose of them because they're such beautiful little objects. <laughs> when we took the slates down to the the borders, um, and some of the people had the people had turned up there with their Union flags to protest about us di- displaying our slates, but they then came over and you could see them discussing and talking the artwork <laughs> on the slates and they were like quite, oh I like that one there, that's really good. <laughs> so they, they're admiring it for the artwork and even if that's the end, yeah. the you get to having a conversation with them and showing look we've got things in common than we're disagreeing with. So why can we not like have a, a, a sort of sensible, normal conversation about it rather than being so antagonistic about everything? Um, we so don't have to be divided like this. As Kathy said, it's such an altruistic thing. They're so pretty
3: and the fact that you're giving them away for nothing is like it's completely... It's completely selfless, really. It's it's hard for folk to um, it's hard for folk to to see anything bad in that, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this is the new normal now in Scotland, and you know we are going to need a new normal post COVID. But I'm thinking maybe there's also now a new normal about independence, and fifty-five, fifty-two, fifty-eight percent of us keep saying coming up in these polls. And these wee stones around around Scotland just seem to me to be just saying, I, I we're going to do it soon. You know, I, I don't know. Do you think that's daft or do you think there's something in that?
1: I completely agree with you. It's a kind of a subtle undercurrent. We're here, we're bubbling away. The yeah. whole way throughout lockdown, once mm-hmm. we did start to put them out, people were pleased to see it again. It was kind of the letting people know we're still here it's still normal, it's not gone away just because of lockdown, we're just knuckling down to do the right thing for all of our friends and family and neighbours so that we're not spreading this virus, but that doesn't mean we're going to knock independence on the head, far from it. Um, Absolutely,
3: we're really looking forward, I was asking Fiona there if she wanted to join us in the Zoom, but she says she's enjoying just listening (laughs) in. <laughs> and she's really looking forward to seeing the pictures of all the different stones. She's also saying that she might pinch your idea, steal the idea, Kathy, about the blue and the white stones. That's a really Absolutely cool welcome to. You. The more the better.
0: So that was the live show. That was before the stones event. And on the 30th of November, St Andrew's Day, we took our stones to Parliament Walk, we set them out and it was a beautiful day. We're always lucky with the weather, we're doing these things. And we got a great response, um, loads of people interested. And because it was badged as St Andrew's Day rather than shoving independence at them, people seemed really, really interested. And there's quite a few of them said, oh, I didn't know it was St Andrew's Day today. The other thing they loved was we were saying, well, help yourself. And they liked being able to take stones away. So it's nice to think that in Alua right now, there is dozens and dozens of our stones with the big saltires on them. They've all got the Yes Stones Facebook address on it as well. And it might just be a reminder to somebody somewhere to get out and vote. Who knows? So here's the, the audio from the little film we made at the time. And again, it was live streamed to Facebook. It was on our Facebook page. It was distributed by Twitter. And now it's in this podcast. Good morning. This is Fiona from Indie Love Radio. And this morning I am outside Alloa Tower on what's called Parliament Walk. It goes right through the middle of Alloa. And what we've done, both sides of the walk, we've got yes stones laid out. So I'll just give you a bit of a walk up here. Most of them just say something like, Happy St Andrews Day. And then we've got some beautiful slates. And so it goes all the way round the corner. That's the entrance to Tesco's there. See, it's a nice wee square in the middle. And that's, I think this is a beautiful one, the moon and the trees few more Happy St Andrew Day Wishes, and we have put out a little bit of a an explanation. We're getting quite a bit of interest from folk walking past, actually. Some of them stopping and picking one up, that's fine, we don't mind them taking them away. Slightly more political one, that one. This side of the, the walk, again, the sun's quite strong down this side, so I don't know if we'll be able to see this
1: leads down to Aloha Tower and some of the housing estates down here. So lots of people are walking up. We've had quite a few people admiring them and people, you know, taking wee stones with them, having wee conversations with people, which is really nice, and it's not raining. There's a wee seating area here, you can see Fiona and Neil, and the council actually came out this morning and did a wee kind of litter pick, for have asked what it's about, Andrew's Day. I actually made up some of these signs say, Happy St Andrew's Day and a wee bit about the flag and a wee bit about St Andrew. You can take a wee stone if you want. Oh okay. Alright, help yourselves. And there we've got a wee group of people looking at the stones. <laughs>
0: And again, if you want to see those videos, have a look on our Facebook page or in the Klax Wifey podcast playlist on the Indie Live Radio YouTube channel. And we're thinking maybe we might do something for Burns Night in January. I'm vaguely thinking maybe putting lines of verse on some stones. That might be quite nice. Yeah. We'll let you know if that turns into anything. Especially as I believe Santa might be bringing me some new Posca pens, which would be lovely. And I've been very, very good this year, Santa. It wouldn't be a Christmas special without paying at least one visit to the Claxwafy Virtual Coffee Shop, and in this clip, our thoughts are very much on kind of Christmas awaits us this year.
1: Well, we've put the tree up. But normally, we don't put the tree up until about my my kind of rule is. sunday before christmas we'll put the tree up Mm. and if christmas falls on a monday yay (laughs) that's only one day before you put it up um i think last year i didn't even bother putting the tree up the kids were like "Can we put the tree up i said yeah you can put the tree up you know where it is it's in the attic you are old (laughs) enough to get it down put it up and decorate it and it didn't happen and all i did was string i've got these big um Totem poles, wooden carvings from Africa. So I just wrapped the coloured <laughs> lights around them. I've got three sets of red lights. So two went round these two kind of totem poles and the other one went on the umbrella plant in the living room. <laughs> and we were like, that's it. The plant's done, not the tree's done. <laughs> but Robbie wanted to do it this year, so... Oh, here's Anthony. Fine, yeah. so he's put the tree up.
0: It's funny how they revert to sort of five years old when it's Christmas and decisions they could normally make. Like James is twenty seven, you know, and he wants me to do stuff for Christmas because that's how he remembers it. Finding it very hard to get to get Christmassy. Normally I'm kinda of really into it, but we've put the tree up and I'm sort of thinking, can I be bothered putting anything else up? I don't know. <laughs> Hi Anne, we're just comparing notes on our approach to Christmas this year.
2: Quiet. we off to this spring.
0: My mum and aunt, my auntie both live in Hartlepool and they'd got in touch saying they're just, A, they're not really feeling it, but they're both in their 80s. Hartlepool infection rate's horrific. So they've said, what about if we leave it till Easter and then we could have a family get together then? I'd much rather do that. And even for them, to have to go and buy something, go to the post office, post it. Every time they do that, they're exposing themselves. Well, we all the
2: non-essential shops being shut, it's always been like Christmas of old anyway.
1: <laughs> Potentially, you know, if, if you think of like, you know, when Sterling, all the non-essential shop, shops were shut. So people did reckon that people would be travelling through from Sterling to here because we had shops open. Yeah. And I had one friend the other day had said on a post well I guess Christmas shopping will be d- done online because I've I've been and got all I can from the local shops mm. which is good that she's kind of done a shop local thing but I'm kind of like the Grinch and I'm just like I don't want useless tap for Christmas it, it, there's no point in it to me and I'm not religious in any way whatsoever and I say but but to me Christmas is a it's a celebration, it's about the birth of Christ, and that's really what you know what it what it should be. If you want to celebrate about it, that's what it's all about. I mean, traditionally Boxing Day was when you opened your presents. Now mm. there's this gorging on consumerism. Mm. But I've been this way for years. Mm. I remember when Harry would have been coming up for his second Christmas. He just had his first first birthday coming up for, for his second Christmas. And I was um lambasted by people for saying i'm just re-wrapping some of his birthday presents <laughs> brilliant idea <laughs> I'm like, he's not gonna know and he doesn't need anything mm. and the and fun's I, in unwrapping them as well like, we haven't got any any room for anything anyway mm. i mean his first christmas his first christmas my mom and dad got him a rocking horse he was five weeks old he was barely holding his own head up, never mind being able to sit on a rocking horse. Now, I know it was only a tiny wee wooden thing, which I have to say is still in my mum's garage and all the kids have used it. So it can be used again. I suppose if we have grandchildren, it will still be there. So that, from that point of view, that present hasn't been a, a kind of throwaway thing. But now our kids are all robbie's 19 at the youngest and they're kind of like we'll give them a wee thing and give them money and do what they want i'm more about getting everybody together and having a, a chat and playing games or whatever you know mm. charades is the usual one that we have hysterics at and um, what a bit trivial pursuit or something just having a gathering like that but obviously this year Doing that's not advisable. I know yeah. they're saying you have eight people, three households. So Jamie has said she's coming home. Mum's in our bubble. So that's the four of us. Jamie said she's coming home. We weren't sure. And I wouldn't, if she'd said no, Lewis and I are just having Christmas together, we'd have gone, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not for forcing anybody. If you want, to, and there seem to be people that are desperate to see their families. And on the one hand, I understand that. And then on the other hand, it's kind of like, well as you say let's do it in springtime or when i worked at summer camp when i did one of these like camp america type things they had christmas in july Mm. i thought yeah, let's do Christmas in July. <laughs> it's much more <laughs>
0: practical.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and it takes away lots of the other stresses. Yes. And even though I don't see Christmas cards, I feel the stress when I get Christmas cards from people. And I always put up, uh, the last few years, it's always been to Social Bite, where I've just given money so they can, for homeless people. Yeah.
0: There's one, there's a Glasgow Mission as well, I us give them, because they're literally taking people off the streets Street homeless, you know. You get to the point where there's nothing else you can think of that either somebody needs or that you need. Um, So we'd been trying to do a bit more activities rather than presents. So last year we took James's granny and we went to Edinburgh Brazil because they had the Chinese lanterns on and probably spent about as much doing that as we would have done on gifts that they might or might not have liked. And yeah, that took us from like lunchtime when we went through there to getting to there, going around there for a couple of hours, getting something to eat. It was like eight hours' worth of actual activity.
1: And memories. And
0: memories and photos. and.
1: and... When we cleared my gran's house, in one of our big sort of units, there was countless jumpers in that, still in their wrapping, (laughs) that she'd been given as Christmas presents over the years, and she Mm. hadn't worn them. Mm. They were untouched, and you thought... What a waste. Somebody's gone to the well, not it's not just the fact that they've gone to the bother of buying it, but that you think, well, did they actually find out if she needed it or wanted it? Or mm. because clearly she didn't. So it's just laying in a drawer for potentially 20 years, yeah. you know. So wait, I mean our kind of take is let's have a family get together, have a nice meal, but we're kind of pragmatic about
0: Well, we've even ditched the meal bit of it because when, when there's only two of us anyway, I mean, a turkey's ridiculous. James isn't that fond of turkey. I was in the kitchen cooking something and, you know, he was sitting in the other room doing something else. And I thought, I am stressed here cooking this thing. And so the following year, we just had an all day breakfast. So, we've got bagels, we've got bacon, we've got croissants. One year we just had lentil soup and it was lovely
2: because you know? <laughs> there's like no stress involved. Uh, we're having an Indian this year, we had a Chinese last year. Oh, good, thank And I thought we had an Italian the year before, so thank you. we just thought nobody in our family likes turkey. We never eat it uh, any other time of the year. Why would we eat it then?
0: Nobody eats any other time of the year.
3: It's ridiculous, isn't it? That
0: everybody... I love turkey. <laughs> do you have it every I month? I'll only, have it, I only have
3: it <laughs> eat it at Christmas time, but I do like turkey mm. And I do like cooking Christmas dinner. And I haven't cooked Christmas dinner for about...
1: eight or nine years, I think, and I really miss it. You're welcome to cook our Christmas dinner with you. <laughs> and will come round and pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> you can run a wee
0: service. Yeah. yeah. You could do Tracy's as well. Can you do curry? <laughs> curries,
3: I can do curries, Yes. What would you like? <laughs> <laughs> so you getting yours delivered, Tracy? You're... Well, I'm going straight to my mum, so I'll
2: just pick it up from Stirling uh, in Stirling, and then just take it up to hers. Yeah. It's on the way. I
0: mean, you might as well have something you going to enjoy of all days. What? Why would you
2: stick to something that you're not that fond of even? Well, my mum did cook Christmas dinner, but my mum has got this habit, eh, she's always been the first, if it says cook for 20 minutes, she cooks for 40 just to make sure it's cooked. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's how we kind of went, we'll take the stress out mum, we'll just have a
1: takeaway. When, when we were smaller, when, when my gran was still alive, as, as families, the, the The three families would would take a a different course of the the dinner so gran would Mm. have the table laid at her house and one family would do starters one would do mains and one would do puddings and we'd all gather at my gran's house so my gran still was involved in it but she didn't have the stress of doing the cooking that's a good idea and and nobody else had the stress of doing all the cooking it was kind of shared out and all kind of brought together so that was really nice but then as you get older and people are off doing different things. It became not quite as easy mm. to do that. Um, I remember my,
0: my grandfather, who's long dead, but he used to work on Christmas morning. They got let off at lunchtime to go home and that was the Christmas treat, was they got the afternoon off.
1: I'm sure my granddad worked as well. Yeah. He was a he was a butcher.
0: Yeah. Um, well mine was a he worked, it was a, a tool works he worked in a tool works. It wasn't a big deal to them Christmas, whereas for for New Year, they all they bundled the whole family of them and the boys and got on a bus journey, must have taken about 16 hours from Fraserborough to go back to Glasgow, where all the relatives were. And they stayed there for, I don't know, three, four days and then back up to Fraserborough so you could go back to work. That was, was that
2: it. in Scotland though? Yeah. yeah. When my hubby was in the army, he said that the English got
1: Christmas off and the Scots always got New Year off. Before I was old enough to kind of be going mm. out myself, we used to stand at the front door and bang pots and pans at kind of midnight, getting rid of the old year, bringing in the new. Oh, yeah. And because we were we were near Grangemouth, all the ships that were docked in Grangemouth, they would all sound their horns and everything. Mm. My mum used to be my, one of my favorite things to say. My mum my mum was in shipping and imports and exports, but I just used to say to people, my mum works down the docks. <laughs> 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 but you used to we used to just stand on the doorstep and yeah. hear like the the yeah. horns being sounded and then you would have Neighbours coming and mm. first footing you, and things like that.
0: My grandma's tradition that we all follow, I still do to this day, was once it's New Year, you open the door to let the New Year in,
1: yeah. or open a window
0: <laughs> to let the New Year in. Yeah,
1: this year we're opening windows to let the virus
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> in Edinburgh, when I lived in uh, the new town, we used to troll around people's houses exactly as you say, go down round it. There was one time I didn't get home till about the third of January, just sort of wandering, <laughs> sleeping on people's couches. Time we all ended up in it was number fifty-three we were supposed to be at, which we got to number fifty-three, but we were in the wrong street. And this group of people who happened to be up, and they sort of had no idea who we were. We had no idea who they were. It was like, oh, come in. You want some soup? Here's soup. (laughs)
1: It's ridiculous. Even New Year's almost kind of been hijacked. Locally, we used to go up to the steeple in Falkirk, and the people of Falkirk would gather at the steeple in in Falkirk and wait for the bells to ring. And and then, yes, you would go off to your various parties here, there, and Mm. everywhere, and get home. I've never got home on the 3rd of January but certainly in the wee small hours of the morning but then when they started doing the kind of big park in Edinburgh they had, I think for years they had been they'd been the big gathering up on the high street in Edinburgh mm. there was maybe about 20,000 people and I had been to that because I was a student in Edinburgh I'd also like come back through for that so my first year in the police in Edinburgh I was based in Gayfield Square, so we were kind of covering Princess Street area. Well, Princess Street was like the Marie Celeste. There was not a soul there because everybody was up on, anyone yeah. that was out gathering was up on the High Street.
0: And the pub still shut about 10 o'clock at night, as as I recall. So, you, And then the people who worked in the pub could get out and do stuff as well. Yeah. But now it's a little, just...
1: See, after that, I'm trying to think the first year that they did the kind of big Princess mm. Street, gathering there was like so many people turned up they, they, I don't think they thought as many people were going to turn up yeah. and they didn't have enough barriers and there were people crushed and it was not good they then yeah. had to put more things in place and they, then they ended up basically making it a ticketed event yeah
0: and we um, used to go up to watch the fireworks and you could get all the way up to not not into the gardens but you could get all the way up to princess street and you could watch the fireworks and then just walk back down the hill but then once they started putting up the great big 15 foot fences so unless you paid you couldn't get in i lost all interest in that because it just became hideous and then the the scenes of the state of princess street gardens after the last couple of years it's just Horrific, and you just think whatever it started off as, you've completely lost anything that was good about less, it. Don't yeah.
3: it. And it's, it's just somebody in London trying they, to make money. They mm. don't even attempt to, to repair it at all, they mm. just leave it. Yeah, it's,
2: it's not good. I think one of the, the funniest New Year's I had as a bear, the neighbours there across the road had come and my mum opened the window because everybody smoked in these days and she opened the window and the neighbour sat and spoke to himself for three hours because he saw his reflection in the window and just sat and spoke to <laughs> <laughs> Nobody had the hurt to say to him.
0: But it would have been a great conversation because he'd be agreeing with everything that was said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I think it's going to be, there'll be a lot of hope that'll just put things off. Absolutely. Well, why pretend it's like a normal year? well it'll be mere religious to be honest because the census at that time came
1: place in the summer but it's funny to think that you know nine months ago we wouldn't have considered doing anything like this No, know that's true and now we're like oh, i'll just set up another one
0: So nobody who has lived through 2020 is ever going to forget this year. And like everybody else, clacks Women for Independence have had to adapt and change and discover new ways of doing what we do. So I thought it might be fun just to have a quick run through the highlights and see what we've learned from this period, because we certainly are doing different things now, very different things. But equally valuable things I think so see what you think here's our summary of the year and to keep with the Christmas theme the background music is underneath the Christmas tree copyright free music from Mew M-Y-W and available on YouTube The first week in January, we met up in one of our favourite cafes for some poetry readings for our poetry show. We also had a very successful Boulders and Blethers event in Tullybody, which was great. We had loads of painting stones, slates, swapping stories, not necessarily independent supporters, just fancied coming along for something to do. It was at the community centre. And we thought that we would do quite a few of these through the year. Obviously, that didn't quite pan out. We were also all at the All Under One Banner emergency march in Glasgow. You'll all remember the one with the Kaylee, where we're all dancing around in puddles to an amazing samba band. Then I was through in Edinburgh at a candlelit vigil on the steps of the Scotland office, the old Scotland office, not the new colonial headquarters. I forget what that was about now. It was something to do with Boris Johnson destroying democracy. Then, still in January, back through to Glasgow for the launch of the Business for Scotland suite of... Products which everybody will have seen those, the very colourful posters with all the positive facts about Scotland's economy, the little book. There's a bigger version of the book. Still in January, we were up in Inverness at the march. That was a lovely march, really enjoyed that. I interviewed Ian Blackford for the podcast. And then on the 31st of January, we were back through to Holyrood to mark the very sad occasion of the UK leaving the EU. That was a really moving event, organised by Leslie Riddick and Mike Blackshaw from the Edinburgh Yes Hub. Although it was an immensely sad occasion, it was actually quite a joyful gathering. We had songs, there were a lot of EU people there. Everybody was just so friendly and it's heartbreaking, really. February, we had our first street stall of the year and also Lynn and I were through with Indie Live Radio talking about the Yes Stones project. And then the world changed. It's hard to believe now, but back then, none of us had heard of Zoom. I think it was Lorraine said, we should try this Zoom thing. And we launched the first of our virtual coffee shop, Zoom events. What a revelation. As soon as we got the first of those under our belt, that was us back in business. We met weekly, pretty much right the way through the summer. Then in September, we turned our thoughts to what can we actually do outside, safely, that's supporting of Indy. So we settled on two main activities, which was Bridges for Indie events, socially distanced on bridges, and litter picking. And we intend to carry on doing them because they're great grateful we get fantastic feedback from the bridges and we get different, but equally fantastic feedback doing the litter picking. And it's a good chance to talk to people. And then the other thing that we've done is work quite closely with Indie Live Radio. We had the Yes Slates, which if you haven't seen them, are a magnificent display of beautifully hand-painted slates, which create the phrase, yes, 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 independence for Scotland. And we did an exhibition of the slates in Clackmann. And And then in October, Halloween, we did a Halloween special poetry event, which was great. We had a a poetry Zoom. We recited different Halloween poems, put it to spooky music. We also did Halloween Yes Stones because we thought that kids might still do sort of Halloween tours of the neighbourhood, even though they couldn't go up to the houses, and we thought we'd have a little table with stones and sweets so they could help themselves. But in the event, it was a filthy night. Nobody was ticked took them all in again the next day. But that's fine. We've got them for next year. And then in November, we did our St Andrew's Stones extravaganza, which you've already heard about and yes for eu selfies where you just take a selfie holding either a bit of A4 or I scribbled something on a poster just saying we didn't vote for and then whatever you find most offensive about the Brexit outcomes you email it to yes eu at gmail.com and as soon as there is either a no deal or a crappy deal here's a social media campaign waiting to go so it's quite imaginative and there's still time to get involved with that if you want to. So that's been the year. Everything we've done this year Podcasts, poetry, videos, they're all available through our Facebook page, our Twitter account, and they're also on the Independence for Scotland podcast and Indie Life Radio's YouTube page. So I hope you enjoyed that little whistle-stop tour of the year. Can't believe we managed to do so much, especially under the circumstances. So a quick look ahead to next year, 2021. And as with everybody else on the planet, we are so hoping this will be a better year. I'm sure we'll all be glad to see the back of 2020. We've still got Brexit to negotiate, of course, but 2021 could be our year. It could be the year we get our referendum and we escape this madness. So Women for Indy will be keeping our plans kind of fluid so we can adapt to what comes. And of course, what we don't know is how quickly we'll be able to get back out on the streets. However, are some things to look forward to. We're going to do more litter picks, more bridges for indie events, more stones. The next one I think I mentioned earlier, we're intending to do something around Burns Night, perhaps with quotes from Burns Poetry on them. That could be nice. We're also teaming up with Yes Clacks to deliver 5,000 Business for Scotland posters that we have acquired. We're also hoping to include in that one of the very good leaflets that pensioners for Indy produce, because that way we're hitting the two big obstacles that we've still got. One is the over 65s, and the other is people who are concerned about the economy and can we afford it. We would like to do some street stalls. Um, Other groups are managing to do them safely. And we're thinking of trying to team up with a local charity, perhaps, so that it's not just all about independence, Because the thing that we've learnt with our activities in 2020 is that actually people will come up and talk to you if you're doing something that they're interested in. And the independence thing you can kind of bring in more subtly, do some good at the same time. We're also hoping to join the National Banner Library so we can get out and about, be visible, get some messages out there, perhaps a bit of fun guerrilla action. And we would dearly love to be able to do more slates displays. So if anybody has got any locations where you can have a large, (laughs) a very large display of slates where people would enjoy seeing them, but you can also get access to it because they are very, very heavy, then do please get in touch. It's a beautiful piece of art, so it would be great to be able to show it off more. We will be back with more podcasts, we'll be back with more poetry shows and Whatever else the year throws at us. One thing that I'm going to be involved with at Hogmanay, we are aiming to do a live Hogmanay special on Indie Live Radio. So at the moment, we're trying to work out how the technology of that works. If you want to follow that, if you want to suggest any appropriate songs, and we've got quite a playlist emerging, um, (laughs) then the Indie Live Radio Facebook group is the place to find out all the information about that and, and throw in any suggestions you've got. And we thought it would be a great idea because there'll be a lot of people this year on our own at Hogmanay, stuck in our houses, nowhere to go. And we thought we might as well this year of all years try and use the radio to bring people together and make people feel that they're they're having a virtual party, if not an actual one. So that's the other plan. The other great joy for me this year has been seeing the birth of a new poet who is our Lorraine Sinclair because Lorraine has gone from being a a passionate, expressive performer of other people's poetry to writing and performing her own and she is just doing a wonderful job. I'm going to finish this podcast with her most recent poem which is called The Other Side of Fear. And I think if anything sums up the year that 2021 is going to be, getting to the other side of fear is absolutely going to be the key to everything. So I'll just say a huge thank you to everybody who's listened to our podcast throughout the year. If you'd like to get in touch with us about anything, probably the easiest way is through our Facebook page, or you can email me, fiona at indielive.radio. Have a lovely Christmas. Have a fabulous Hogmanay, hopefully, with us on the radio. And we'll catch you all on the flip side. Bye now.
4: The Other Side of Fear, a poem by me, Lorraine Sinclair. Hope is the sum of all our dreams and aspirations. Of all the wonderful things we wish to do for our nation. Let me show you the Scotland I want for me and you. Let me tell you of the things we are going to do. I think you'll enjoy it. Come on, I dare. Don't be scared, let me take you there. We'll create a fairer society. Oh, that much is true. There is no limit to the things we're gonna do. Like that fire in your belly. Ignite your soul and join us in our conquest to our independence goal. We can do this, you know we can, for all our families, grandas and grands. Our hills and glens really will be greener. With new eco policies. our air will be cleaner. Our society will be kinder too, as we take care of all, me and you. Our principles will be guided by our actions and deeds, not by Tories embroiled in corruption and greed. We can rejoin the EU family of nations. Scotland will choose equality at the heart of our inspirations. You can change our laws to reflect our progressive views. No more union. We've well paid our dues. We can make this happen, we can make it so. For our youth, a happier future we can bestow. Drug reform will be a top priority. Saving the lives of the lost and forlorn, there's way too many needless deaths we've had to mourn. Rise up, half your arse, for this union is a farce. Our country can be trident free. No more worry about nuclear convoys. Hear our plea. Our rivers can be cleared of toxic waste. Come, join us. No more haste. Are you now excited? Are you now not scared? Come on, it's time to be prepared. All roads have brought us here. The other side of fear is near. It's us people who dare. It's us, the people, who'll take Scotland there. Are you now released from your chains? Let's make our nation free again. The other side of fear is beckoning. Let's get ready for Scotland's reckoning.